So many of us wish we can make the world a better place, but don't know where to begin. The vision of the Love Offering is to encourage and embolden a generation to do something to manifest the better world we want to see. First, by filling ourselves up with the love of Jesus Christ, and then pouring it out to the world around us. When we hear stories of how others have loved well, where they are, with the gifts that they've been given, it inspires and motivates us to do the same. Together, we can change the world one love offering at a time in thanksgiving to God, who is the most extraordinary giver of all. Kristen Bonin is a wife, mom of two girls, plus a few precious fur babies. She lives just outside of Houston, Texas. As a Bible teacher, author, and founder of Dwell Project, she believes in our generation of women. That's why she spends her days equipping women to dwell in His Word and take their place in this world. A communicator at heart, Kristen speaks across the country at women's events, retreats, conferences, leadership forums, online at Dwell Project, or to any girl who will give her five minutes. With a mission to help women fulfill their potential in Christ, her messages will inspire women to fall more in love with God, understand Him more through Scripture, leave this world better than they found it. You can connect with Kristen on social media at Kristen Bonin, her website www.kristenbonin.com, or by diving into her book, Bare Naked Truths, Stripping Away the Lies That Derail Your Destiny. Without further ado, here's Kristen. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Rachel. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you? Doing good. Thank you for being my guest today on the Love Offering Podcast. I appreciate your time. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So we um, talked a little bit earlier, and you are a Texas girl, and you just mentioned you went to a rodeo, which is something I've never done, and that sounds so fun. (laughs) It is a blast. Yes, we live in a small town outside of Houston, Texas, and the rodeo is a big deal down here. So we, we rodeoed last night, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I joked earlier with you. I said we don't ride things other than horses because I'm here in Kentucky, which and I, that's even funny for me to say because I've ridden a horse like twice and it's been like on a guided trail, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the horses know the way. But <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So your heart is to awaken a real faith in a real world. Where does this passion stem from for you? For me, I think it's, it stems from my personal walk with Jesus, and um, I, I actually have a, a background in, um, for several years, I was on staff as a, a teaching pastor, and I did a lot of uh, pastoral counseling, and so I had the amazing opportunity, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it later, but to counsel a, a lot of women, and what I've learned through that experience is that we all step into this thing called Christianity. And I don't know, there's just a false misconception there that somehow, some way that it's going to make life easier. Mm, (laughs) And that's just mm -hmm. not true. It's just not true. It doesn't make life easier. In fact, when you say yes to Jesus, you got to learn about him and you got to get to know him. And so when I say awakening a real faith in a real world, it's, it's something we're going to have to wrestle out with the Lord and figure out. And um, because it, it, we do live in a very real world and we have to learn how to apply this faith that we've said yes to. Um, and, and it just doesn't come naturally. It's something that we we dance on the pages of scripture with him and figure that out there. 
Yeah, I, I love that. That's beautiful. Dance on the pages of scripture. That's great. So on um, like one of your mantras, sort of, I guess, as a good segue from that last question is to be real, be free and be you. So what does this personally mean to you? It um, There's so many, so many different answers I could give you here. Um, but I don't know if you remember, but several years ago, well, probably about two or three years ago, there was a lot of buzz that started in multiple churches across the United States. And really the core teaching that we lean into is our identity in Christ, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like a big mm-hmm. deal. And I, I, it is a big deal. And I taught on it so often. And the question that would, would just come around often, and it was a fair question and it stumped me at first, um, was but how do I become the person God created me to be? That's, that's, you know, everybody's teaching about be the woman God created you to be. And, but how, like, how do I do that? (laughs) Um, And so when I just use those, those three little be real, be free, be you, it's really more of the journey that we're taking with Christ where we're asking him, Hey Lord, will you search my heart and see if there's anything in here that's got to go. And then will you help me get rid of those things? And put in things that need to be there. And to me, that's the journey of freedom. That's the journey of authenticity. And so that's, that's really what that means to me. Yeah, oh, that's really good. Well, so you have two girls and you say that trying to navigate motherhood has taught you more about Jesus than you ever set out to learn. <laughs> and the biggest lesson that you have learned is that you need him. So how has this proved true in your own life? I am, my, my oldest is a lot like me and that, um, she's just headstrong and real independent and likes to just do it herself. Like I can do this myself. And I've had to learn a lot of lessons. I've had to learn a lot of lessons in life about trying to handle things outside of the Holy Spirit and outside of the Lord. And, um, I'll just sit back and watch her so often and want to just intervene and offer to intervene and be like, Hey honey, I can, I can help you with that. If you'll just pause for a minute, I can show you how to do this. And more often than not, she, she just doesn't No, No, I, I, I think I've got it figured out here, mom. And it's just so often that the Lord whispers those ear, the, these words into my, my ear, like, Hey, Kristen, this is you and me, honey. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is yeah. us. And this is our relationship. And, I think that a lot of times um, (laughs) as women who have uh, self-proclaimed to be Jesus girls, we often have that Eve mentality back to the Garden of Eden where we're just like, well, let me just try this without you, Lord, and see how this works out for me. Um, So that's really my biggest lesson has been that I really need him. I need him in in everyday decision-making. I need him every hour. I need him in my relationships. I need him in my conversations and trying to do it outside of him when we can simply invite him in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, we need him. Yeah. It doesn't work without him. For mm, sure. doesn't. It really doesn't. So you recently purchased a few acres where you are planning or were planning to build a farmhouse of faith. Yes. And this plan didn't work out the way that you thought it would. Would you share this part of your story and what God is teaching you through it? 
Yes. So we purchased a few acres and had a master plan. It was, it was a great one. Y'all would all love to dream that one out with me. <laughs> it was a good one. Um, we were just going to build a farmhouse and I wanted some chickens and some goats and a little bit of breathing room and um, moved, started moving forward on some plans and found out that the county is extending a road and they're going to come through and take part Aww. of our land to do it. And so um, one of the neighbors, which is just a good old boy, like a cowboy in the area, said, well, you don't want to build anything on that land or you won't get top dollar for it. Um, and so he advised us to just put everything on hold and wait and see what the county does. And, um, so I was really disappointed with the Lord to be quite honest, Rachel. And I don't know if y'all have ever been there where you've had an incident happen and you just thought, well, Lord, I thought you were in this. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. you had my back. Like, I'm pretty sure I was in your will and what happened and where are you? And did you change your mind? You know, yeah. it, it, it <laughs> right. you a lot of questions, um, for the Lord, but he has really taught us in this season. Um, we don't have to know all the answers. We don't know what's going to happen. We're we're literally on hold right now. Like he just mm-hmm. hit the pause button and we are on hold to figure out what is happening with this piece of property that we have um, dreamed all these dreams on. But we found peace to trust him. And we found peace to believe that he's got something up his sleeve and we don't really know what it is. Um, and it might not be where we build our dreams, um, but he's got something up his sleeve and there's there's a reason for everything. So it's just been a really good um, lesson in learning to wait and mm. see what he's doing. Yeah. And it is hard. I've, I've been through seasons like that, too, where it's like, I thought I heard you in this. Yeah. And so I, I walked in it. And then now as you do, you end up confused. But I think that goes back to the very first thing we talked about. He's developing our faith, like the real faith in the real world. And so it's not easy, but that's, that's what he's asking us to do. Exactly. Um, So you are quoted to say, if Jesus taught us anything, it's that people matter and they are his greatest love and number one priority. We matter to God and we must matter to each other. Mm. And so for me, as the founder of the love offering, this prayer, I think it was a prayer that I read that you wrote. It just really speaks to my heart because Mm. it's, I I am about loving Jesus and loving others. So would you expand on this statement that you made? Yeah, I am. I'm a, I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. Um, I've done ministry, um, pretty much my whole life. And I I think that there can be not, not always, but there can be a danger in that. And that Mm. we can sometimes learn to just go through the motions and do what we're taught. And we don't always grasp the desperate need for um, really opening our eyes to see each other. Mm. And several years ago, I went through um, my husband and I went through some church hurt and I don't know if y'all, you know, whoever's listening, if you've ever been through it, it's, there's it's just really nothing like it. It really hurts. It's pretty yeah. deep. And through that, I wouldn't change it for one, nothing. I would change it for nothing because through that, I remember getting alone with the Lord multiple times and saying, Jesus, this hurts. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like I read about your love and what I'm seeing. It's, it's not the same. And I can tell you, I would never understand how to love people if I hadn't walked through that. And Mm. so it was in the quiet wee hours of the morning with just me and the Lord and a broken heart 
that he really, really opened my eyes to see that his people are the most important thing. It's more important than walking through routines. It's more important than um, religion and going by religious standards. Like there are broken, hurt people out there and we have got to learn that our hearts and putting our hearts as a priority above decisions and processes and systems and whatever the case might be like people are the most important thing to Jesus and I started recognizing in scripture where Jesus bypasses all of that stuff he Mm -hmm. bypasses the religious leaders and all the systems that they've put in place and all the can and cannots and and he just says, I'm here for people. Like I'm, I'm just here because I love people. I love people. And so that has just been my prayer the last several years. Lord, teach me how to love like you because I see it now. I see where people are the most important thing to you. And we've got to be tuned into each other. Yeah. And, you know, I, it, it's not easy loving everyone. And you, oh, you, you talked about that. I mean, just people can hurt us and people cannot be grateful and you can't, you're not always, the love is not always reciprocated. So, you know, I think yeah. sometimes it really, for me, comes to a point where it's like, God, I need you. I need the fruit of the spirit right now. Yes. I need you to love them for me. Like that, that agape love, I can't do this on my own. And I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier. We have to have him to even love sometimes. Some people are really easy to love, but yeah. <laughs> grateful, <laughs> for for those, grateful for those aren't. Yes, right. <laughs> you're right. And and Jesus usually goes after the hard to love people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And I'm sometimes the hard to love person. So yes. Me too. Me too. I'm <laughs> <laughs> thankful that I'm loved anyway and despite me sometimes. Oh, it's so true. You often speak on direction of our focus. Mm. You say that our focus determines the direction of our faith. How do we shift our focus in practical ways to live out the life God created us to live? There's just a few little things that I've learned throughout my journey that have helped me tremendously. Um, First, the first and foremost is just finding a regular rhythm in scripture and prayer. And I don't ever want to pin on people like you have to do it first thing in the morning for 15 yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. no, you find your regular rhythm, um, but where you can go to the word of God and say, open that, open that Bible up and say, Hey Jesus, I want to learn more about you today. Will you just meet me here? I, I just, as I read these words, can I just see your face and your hands and you know, I just want to see you at work. And, um, it, and doesn't matter. It's, it's give what you can, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes or whatever you give what you can. Um, when you focus intentionally on being with him, it's going to change the way you think. And then something that has just, oh, it's been so instrumental in my life is finding people. And sometimes you've got to go out and find them. Like you have to put in the work, but finding people will, who will help you, Shift your focus when you are tempted to worry and doubt and fear and be angry to shift your focus back to the cross, back Mm -hmm. to the cross. That has been so instrumental for me. So what am I intentionally putting into my life? Um, And really, sometimes we just have to sit down and assess that, like make Mm -hmm. a list, write it down. Like, who am I spending my time with? What am I spending my time doing? Where are my biggest distractions? And then learning how to start knocking those off your list and replacing some things 
that intentionally cause you, cause you to focus on the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, another topic that you speak on is about perspective. And it's not what we see, but how we see it. So how do we seize control of our feelings and respond in wisdom? My, my greatest thing that has helped me to do that, and I am not perfect at this, Rachel. I fail so often. But something that, that I have been taught um, is to ask him. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it really, I, there's so many times I have to sit down because I'm just super defeated or just having a hard day, or maybe I'm just miffed at someone and just sitting down and remembering that I don't see things the way God sees them. And that's, that's in the, it's in the word of God that that we don't. And to just sit down and say, Lord, will you show me how you see, or will you show me how you see this situation and really take time to try to listen for that answer and, and go on a walk or, you know, just sit in a quiet room for a few minutes, go, go take a bath, you know, whatever you need to do, but really ask the Lord to bring you his perspective into a situation will help us to see it differently. I love how, you know, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and I love how honest you are about everything as far as you've had real emotions. You oh. I mean, just within the last, I don't know how long we've been talking, 15 minutes, you've, you've said, I was hurt at this, or I didn't understand this, or I, but your first response is I'm going to go to the Lord. Yeah. Like I'm hurt. Okay. I'm going to go to the Lord. I'm miffed. I'm going to go to the Lord. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm going to go to the Lord. And I think, gosh, that's good wisdom. Like if that could just always be our first response, no matter what we're feeling, I'm joyful. I'm going to go to the Lord. Yes. You know, uh, 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 I just, um, I'm inspired by that and what I'm hearing you say. Oh, thank you. So you also teach on committing to a process of becoming over being Mm. God has called us all. So how do we separate our courage from our circumstance, break up with perfect and commit to the process? That's a mouthful, isn't it? It I just asked like 10 questions in one question. (laughs) Well, we'll take it one at a time. Um, how do we separate our courage from our circumstance? Um, that's not easy, y'all. It's not easy. It's this is this is the hard work of Christ following, but oh my goodness, it's so rewarding. And I think we will find courage. In fact, scripture tells us over and over again to to be strong, be courageous. And and that's exactly don't look at what is standing in front of you. Look at me. That's what mm. God's saying. That's it's it's the cla- it's the classic David and Goliath, you know, story. It, You've got a mountain in front of you. You've got impossibilities facing you. You better look up. Yeah. You better look to him or you might not get through it. And so that's really just that. How do we separate our courage from our circumstance? And same, I'm going to answer them all. Breaking up with perfect and committing to the process is really looking up. But also you have to get to a point where you can say, I'm not where I want to be, but Hey, I've made progress and I'm going to stop and I'm going to celebrate that. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm horrible at this. I'm terrible at this. I've led ministries. I've, I've led teams and I'm, I, I'm a visionary. And so my, my greatest downfall is I see the big picture and I get frustrated when I'm not there. And so that's what the Lord is teaching me to say, you know what did this little thing that you would call a small victory, stop, celebrate it. 
look what I did because it's almost not, it's almost not stopping and saying, look what you did, Lord. You Mm -hmm. know, instead I I have the tendency to carry, but I'm not there. We're not there yet, Jesus, you know? And it's so important to recognize that we're not just going to wake up one morning and, and be the person we wished we were. Um, we're just not, we're just not. And so, but we can wake up and say, you know what? I gained a little ground. I'm in fact, I'm gaining, I am picking up some holy momentum here. And I want <laughs> I to like celebrate that. that. And so yeah. it is, it's a process of, of becoming and, um, and it's a beautiful one and it's fun. Mm, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I, I love all of that. So you are also quoted to say that nothing holds us back more than who we think we should be. Mm. So how do we guard our hearts and tune into the right voice versus the wrong voice? There's so many voices out there, mm, right? Yeah, oh, yes. And it's hard. It's so difficult because we put expectations on us that sometimes other people don't even put on us. Yeah. Um, but we, we see other people and we admire them and we think, well, I want to be where they're at. And so then we make them the standard. Mm. Um, and so it, it's, it, it's, it's just going back to looking at Jesus and saying, I want to be like you. And so I want to do one thing today. That's more like you. <laughs> I want to do one thing today that I didn't do yesterday. That, that makes me more like you. And so, um, it's, it's really just saying whatever is going to distract me, whatever is going to pull me back, whatever is going to make me less like you, I'm just going to say no to it. I'm I'm just going to say no to it and really lock into the character, the nature of God. What does he have that I need? And you know what? I can ask him for it and I can walk with him through it and, um, he can give it to us. Yeah. I just heard this morning and I don't know if you've heard the song. It's by Lauren Daigle, who I love. And it's, mm. um, look up child. Yes. <laughs> and I do I think, gosh, if that could just be our ongoing song in our voice of, you know, just to keep our eyes fixed on him. And that's what I keep hearing from what you're saying. And gosh, what, a, what great words of wisdom. It's, it's a beautiful principle to live by, isn't it? It it really is. Um, So life can get rushed and hectic and we can all start running on empty if we're not careful. Mm -hmm. So what are some practical things that we can do to encounter his love? So many practical things, even if you're in the middle of a a busy season, there's so many things that we can do. And often the Lord will, you know, he speaks to me through nature. And so just, just pausing a hot second and taking in your surroundings and, saying, you know, Lord, I just want to see you. Um, I just want to see you today. Show me, show me something beautiful that you've created or putting on Lauren Daigle, you know, or a worship song in the car or uh, being intentional to call a friend and say, how can I pray for you? These are ways, these are ways that we can um, encounter God's love. And really what I have found is the more that I feel like I need something, um, gosh, I need an affirmation today, or I need an encouragement today, or I need this. If you'll just give it away instead, Mm. oh, I promise you, he gives it back. He really gives it back. And so I think that there's nothing like serving other people um, and, and, and being intentional to reach out and ask people, how can I pray for you or call them and pray for them? 
or, Hey, can I bring you dinner? You just had a baby, whatever the case might be. You know, we find we encounter Jesus in those moments because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's really what he did, right? Like he came to serve. Yeah. That being the hands and feet, loving people in tangible ways. Absolutely. Yeah. There is a fine line between godly desire and selfish mm-hmm. ambition. So what key principles have you discovered to discern between the two? I have, um, we are something we haven't talked about, Rachel, but we're getting ready to gear up. God has just put a women's ministry on my heart. And um, one of the things when I sat around with a group of ladies saying, how can we serve women? How can we resource women to be confident, powerful, um, move the kingdom forward type women? Um, we sat around and we talked and one of the things that we decide, decided on as we move forward and we try to bring birth a ministry and bring it into fruition is we have to start as women who pray first. We have mm. to seek the, the, the truth first and we need to be women who really just don't do anything that he hasn't told us to do. And so it's really, I I found out in ministry, which I go back to saying that can be dangerous. You know, when you grow up in church, I, I was the leader who had great ideas and could dream big. And I would put them on the table and plop them in front of the Lord and say, this is really good. Isn't it Lord? Would you bless Mm, it? Yeah. And you know what I found out? Sometimes these great ideas weren't necessarily inspired by him. And sometimes they weren't my best. Yes. And I was moving forward without saying, but is this what you're calling me to do? Mm. Is this what you would like? Is this, you know, this is five minutes of my life. I'll never get back again. Is this how you're calling me to spend that five minutes? Mm. And sometimes that's not always the case. And so when you won't talk about godly desire versus selfish ambition, we got to know. We got to know that we're moving the ball forward the way that he's called us to do it. And you know how we know just by asking, just by Mm -hmm. asking him, man, that almost brings me to tears and I'm not sure why, (laughs) but but I, you know, I just, well, I think what just really resonated with me, gosh, I don't know why I'm crying, but it's the five minutes, (laughs) you know, that even that five minutes matters because it adds up and you know and yes, I just think does. just having the heart like when it goes back to what you said earlier like creating me a clean and pure heart Lord because mm-hmm. I just want to serve you and so but every ounce every second of our life matters and we want to make it count yeah and and we and if it's outside of his will I don't want it <laughs> So, gosh, man, you're preaching to my heart today. Thank you, Kristen. Hey, I've I had need... to learn lessons the hard way, Rachel. <laughs> I needed Learned to talk my to bruises. you today. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, okay. So, um, you are the author of Bare Naked Truths, and this is a 30-day devotional. So, what was the inspiration behind this project, and what can readers expect to find in this devotional? Um, the inspiration behind this project, where what I talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, those women sitting in my office, mm-hmm. um, I had the honor of counseling so many women in our church from ages like 15 to 80. And what I realized is that, girl, we are all carrying the same stuff yeah. and we are all believing the same lies. And I was believing them too. And so it's kind of a weird thing to sit in front of somebody and they're pouring out their heart to you. And you're like, 
but me too. Mm-hmm. I feel that way too. Um, and and you're the one that's that's having to point it back to scripture, thinking, man, if I could, if I could just take my own advice here. Um, <laughs> right. So that's where Bare Naked Truths was born. I um, over the sev- several years started journaling and writing down things that we as women all struggle with across the board, every single different generation. And, um, I, I really just wanted to write to the heart of a woman and try to just write, but I know from the best of what my experience has been, Hey, we're all believing lies that are taking us away from our destiny that are taking us away from who God created us to be. And let's address that. And so that's where it was born. Well, you wrote it, you say, for people who feel insignificant, unwanted, set aside, bitter, hurt, insecure, discouraged, judged, fearful, and unloved. So I think that is like all of us at one time or another. (laughs) Well, how do we invite Jesus into our daily grind, so to speak, so that he can bring us his truth to make it through each day? I heard um, a sermon once and I wish I could, um, I wish I could credit the person who said it and I can't remember, but they said, you have never been through or experienced anything that Jesus has not already walked through. And I think when I processed that and it went from my head into my heart, I, I've come to know every single thought or feeling or emotion that I could carry heat gets it like he really gets Mm, it and so that was a game changer for me to be able to go to him because I don't know if you're anything like me Rachel but I want to when I seek counsel and advice I will purposely go to certain people like I have multiple mentors I will go to the one that I know has walked that one out yeah yeah and so that's that's the key I think to being able what we've been talking about this this whole time to seek Jesus before anything else is to really come to, to recognize, man, he really knows what this feels like. He would be really good counselor. For this particular. <laughs> the wonderful counselor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Cause exactly. He's been through it all and he understands Jesus in flesh. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. Well, I'll, um, so each 30 days, how, how is it set up? I'm just interested. Yeah, it's set up topically. And so Mm -hmm. every day is a truth, one truth that helps you um, stay on the path to that God has created you to path, created you to stay, but it's not necessarily um, those deep down um, lies that we need to uproot. It's more these daily lies, like the little tiny things that the enemy sneaks into our hearts every single day. And my hope is that um, when women read this and they go day by day and it's going to talk about fear and it's going to talk about perspective and it's going to talk about humility um, and it'll give us, it gives one truth per day that we can just kind of lean into and then a little bit of biblical um, support per truth that that's going to open our eyes up. Um, One of the biggest prayers that I pray over myself and my girls um, is the Lord would make us shrewd women. Um, and because that's just something that I have learned is that we can be shrewd Christ followers. If our eyes are open and we are aware of what's going on and we catch the lies and we catch those little things that the enemy is trying to sneak into our hearts, um, we can, we can dispel them pretty quick. 
so that's yeah. really the journey that I'm hoping women take when they um, step into bare naked truce. Shrewd is not a word that I hear very often. It took me a minute. And I'm like, oh, what does that actually mean? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, as a writer too, I'm like, man, I need to get back on my thesaurus. But um, it just, I, I'm thinking like, gosh, I wish that this bare naked truth was like a 365 day devotional, <laughs> and not just a 30. Like I need help every day. Yes, we do. We need help every day. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes back to why we need to be in the word every day, right? Yes. Absolutely. Well, this podcast was designed to celebrate and catalyze extraordinary givers. And I love that you have referenced, like whenever you needed something, you gave that away. So um, is there somebody that comes to your mind who has been an extraordinary giver for your life, something that's really made a difference for you? I have so many people in my life um, that have been extraordinary givers. Um, I really like, I wish I could list a million and 10 of them. Uh, but I really right now where the season that the Lord has, has brought me to, like I said, he's, he's put this, this, um, women's ministry in my heart that it's not, it's not born yet. So I wish I could give you all the details, but we're getting ready to launch it. Hopefully April, May, um, we're calling it dwell project. And it's just going to be a place that women can come and be resourced and built up. And honestly, what I have just been astounded by are the women that he has brought to um, defend this dream of mine that he's placed in my heart. And it's been so humbling because I, Rachel, I could not launch this thing if it were not for these extraordinary givers. Like they are carrying the building Mm -hmm. process they are carrying so like it is not this is not an easy thing to like you know this because you you do ministry and Mm -hmm. you 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 need people and so I really think for me it has been these women and it that have come alongside and said okay this one's mine to carry I've got it me and the Lord we're gonna we're gonna carry this part of it and this load and I've just sat back and watched Jesus go and I've just been amazed at how he works it out but they are the extraordinary givers, the ones that are behind the scenes, the ones that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to end up doing a lot of the being the face of it, but I couldn't do it without them. They're doing it. They're doing mm. a lot of the heavy lifting. And so I'm so humbled by them and I'm so in awe of, um, you know, they're normal everyday mamas and um, running businesses and running households and teach school teachers and, and it's, they're just, they amaze me. They amaze me. They are, they are my extraordinary givers. Oh, I love that one. And uh, I, so I know as listeners um, hear your story and um, maybe pick up your book or I, I know I almost feel like today's been like a counseling session for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I would like to, um, would you tell listeners how we can keep in contact with you? And then maybe once this dwell project um, goes live that we can keep in touch with that as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a social media girl. And so um, you can go to my website, www.kristenbonin.com. K-R-I-S-T-I-N-B-O-N-I-N.com. And it'll link you to all my social media, um, Facebook and Instagram. They're my two main ones. And um, I, I would love to connect with women. That's It's my passion. It's what my heart beats for. I love getting to know women um, and hear their stories and, and watch on social media and as much as I can. 
Um, and so that would be a, bla- a the best place to connect with me. And um, my Facebook page will link to Dwell Project. And once it gets going, um, that would be probably where I'm going to spend most of my time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't wait for all of that. And Kristen, I just want to thank you for being my guest today. And I, I sincerely appreciate your time and your wisdom and your transparency to help lead us all to find truth um, in, in Jesus and in him. So I appreciate your time so much. I was just tickled to be here. So thank you so much for having me. I've, I've so enjoyed my time that I've spent with you on your podcast. All right. God bless you, Kristen. Thank you. The Love Offering was created to inspire us to intentionally seek ways to share God's love with a world often marked by the opposite. God gives us His love so freely. He simply asks that we believe in Him and that we share His love with others. The hope of the Love Offering is that it starts a chain reaction of loving service that points people to Him. It is a pure-hearted, servant-minded approach to living. So where does God have you? Who has He surrounded you with? What stirs your heart? Start there. No act is too big or too small. Let's spur one another on as we share God's love in tangible ways and change the world one love offering at a time. Thank you.